I know all that. But knowing it isn't any help. It only helps you understand it after it's happened. Sometimes not even then. But it's happened. There's no doubt about that. And I suppose it started with me looking the other way. It was towards the end of a May afternoon, and it was a beautiful day. There was a knock at the door of my room, and before I could say anything, it opened, and Francis's smiling face appeared. Your session has been cancelled, he said. I know, I said. So you're free? Well, I began. At the Welbeck Clinic, it was dangerous ever to admit you were free. Things were found for you to do, which were generally the things that people more senior than you didn't want to bother with. Can you do an assessment for me? Francis asked quickly. Well, his smile widened. Of course, what I'm actually saying is, do an assessment for me. But I'm putting it in a conventionally oblique way as a form of politeness. One of the disadvantages of working in a therapeutic environment was having to answer to people like Francis Hirsch, who first couldn't say good morning without putting it in quotation marks and providing an instant analysis of it, and second, don't get me started. With Francis, I could work my way through second, third, and all the way up to tenth with plenty to spare. What is it? Police thing. They found someone shouting in the street or something like that. Were you about to go home? Yes. Then that's fine. You can just pop into the Stretton Green station on your way home. Give him the once over and they can send him on his merry way. All right. Ask for D.I. Firth. He's expecting you. When? About five minutes ago. I rang Poppy. Caught her just in time and told her I'd be a few minutes late meeting her for a drink. Just a work thing. When someone is doing the sorts of things that are likely to cause a breach of the peace, it can be surprisingly difficult to assess whether they are bloody-minded, drunk, mentally ill, physically ill, confused, misunderstood, generally obnoxious but harmless, or, just occasionally, a real threat. Normally, the police handle it in a fairly random fashion, only calling us in when there are extreme and obvious reasons. But a year earlier, a man who had been picked up and let go turned up a couple of hours later in the nearby high street with an axe. Ten people were injured, and one of them, a woman in her eighties, died a couple of weeks later. There had been a public inquiry, which had delivered its report the previous month, so, for the time being, the police were calling us in on a regular basis. I'd been to the station several times, with Francis or on my own. What was funny about it, in a very unfunny way, was that in providing our best guesses about these mostly sad, confused, smelly people sitting in a room in Stretton Green, we were mainly providing the police with an alibi, the next time something went wrong, they could blame us. Detective Inspector Firth was a good-looking man, not much older than I was. As he greeted me, he had an amused, almost impudent expression that made me glance nervously at my clothes to make sure nothing was out of place. After a few moments, I saw that this was just his permanent expression, his visor against the world. His hair was blonde, 
combed back over his head, and he had a jaw that looked as if it had been designed all in straight lines with a ruler. His skin was slightly pitted. He may have had acne as a child. Dr. Quinn, he said with a smile, holding out his hand. Call me Guy. I'm new here. Pleased to meet you, I said, and winced in the vice of his handshake. I didn't know you'd be so, uh, young. Sorry, I began, then stopped myself. How old do I need to be? Got me, he said with the same smile. And you're Catherine, Kit for short, Dr. Hirsch told me. Kit used to be the special name my friends called me. I'd lost control of that years ago, but it still made me flinch a bit when a stranger used it, as if they'd come into the room while my clothes were off. So, where is he?